for sports day drinking with don and dustin i'm don and i'm dustin coming to you live from lubbock texas and london england thanks for tuning in let's get to it we are back D4 Sports coming at you in the 24. D4 taking on the 2-4. Dustin, welcome back, sir. Been a little longer break than we anticipated from our 20th episode back in December. But uh, here we are, January the 16th, 2024, episode 21. How are you feeling about it? Feeling pretty good. It was, uh, you know, unexpected hiatus, a few weeks off that... uh, we weren't really expecting, but here we are, episode one, getting going. Uh, should be a good one. Oh, wait, sorry. Uh, episode 21. <laughs> 21. Oh, uh, yeah. Got Season it. two, episode one, two, one. It all works. What number one, whatever. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah. So, you know, here, like, like I said, you know, we uh, ended up taking some weeks off and we'll talk about kind of what we did. But, you know, we're, we're going to keep this going after the energy we had at the end of 2023, the great participation in the D4 Bowl Bonanza, which we will, you know, sh- talk about the results of coming up here in a little bit. But, uh, you know, we're going to we're going to carry it on to 2024. Got a lot of sports still happening right now. Obviously, NFL's getting hitting the playoff run and, and getting things going. A lot of other stuff happening. But uh, kick it off first with, uh, with a little bit of drink, uh, drink update, Dustin, because uh, I, I know, you know, you you went big over the holidays. Uh, I'm sure you had, you know, flavors unheard of in the uh in the civilized world in terms of your sparkling water but what do you uh what do you got for us today well first of all i know that everybody will will be surprised especially if they heard the the last few episodes um but i still have a full case of the nojitos um oh. sparkling water so that's still in the fridge um, families didn't take those on huh no, I don't think anybody really wanted to try it after um, yeah. the sound that my face made um, <laughs> over the podcast. Um, but no, we're we're good there. And with it being so cold today, minus five wind chill, I, I didn't nice. go the hot cocoa route either. Uh-huh. Um, but I do have a uh, a cranberry hibiscus. Mm. Uh, I don't know if I've ever brought this one to the show, I, but I don't remember it. Yeah. If if I did, I had to, to bring a second just in case, and mm-hmm. it is a uh, Lacroix key lime pie. Um, oh, key and so lime, key lime pie. That, that's because an interesting one. Every time I think about what would I like to drink right now, I think, man, if they only made like a liquefied key lime pie, I would never drink that. <laughs> right, but yet it's sold on shelves. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's on shelves, whether it's sold or not. Maybe, uh, maybe you just got uh, got suckered in. But uh, there was at least I, one case that was bought. Well, that's true. That's true. I'll, I'll give you that much. I, I would definitely say this to our listeners, and I know you know we had Matt Houchin on end of last year, who graciously sent Dustin the Nojito as well as a couple of other uh, wonderful flavors. But you know, if if those of you out there, if if you've got a recommendation for Dustin, a flavor for him to try. By all means, line it up, and and I will, you know, open the same to myself, although not with sparkling water, because I don't I don't do that <laughs> sort of thing. <laughs> but but I actually, for the start of the twenty twenty four year, I, uh, you know, twenty twenty four January, 
anybody who knows the Nichols household in January knows that after we always spend too much money at Christmas time, my standard message is, all right, spending freeze, spending freeze in January, kind of, you know, it just goes along with the weather. So uh, I, I actually, you know, bought a lovely, no, not lovely. I bought a, a cheap bottle of whiskey, trying to save a little money, you know, as it were. This is um, Grant's Blended Irish Whiskey. And um, I'm going to take a sip here. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And that's that's cheap whiskey, my friend. That uh, Mixed whew. with Nojito would go real well. No, I mean, I, you can make it worse. It's really, it's not that bad. Uh, you know, it's, let's just say it's not the smoothest uh, beverage I've ever had. But um, but anyway, so if we have listeners who want to make a recommendation, uh, you know, on the more, uh, shall we say, distilled spirits side of the aisle, I'm happy to uh, take that on uh, as I may. But uh, so, so here we are. So uh, yeah, cold in Texas, cold here too. Actually, news reports say tonight might be the coldest night in the UK since 2010, um, which, of course, is not nearly as cold as the US gets. But it's going to get down probably into the up in Scotland anyway. It's going to get down into the probably maybe single digits Fahrenheit. Um, you know, we're all in Celsius, so like minus 15 Celsius or whatever it is. But we're going to be solidly in the 20s here overnight tomorrow night. So uh, in London, don't, so uh, don't day. confuse most of our listeners. Yeah, we no, don't know, know what Celsius is. No, I know. Uh, <laughs> Becca, I'm sorry. That's that's just not something we really follow yet. No, no, no. We don't even try. Why and why? Why should we? Because Americans, you know, let's use the one temperature system in the world that not only makes no sense to Americans, even when you stop and think about it, um, nobody else in the world comprehends. But cold though it might be, Dustin, the sports world is indeed heating up. And uh, lots of stuff to talk about. We got, you know, weeks of content that we're going to get to. Uh, But before we do that, and before we get to the opening shots, you know, let let me just ask, what what, what was your uh, top holiday event? What what, uh, what sorts of things did you and the family do uh, over this, uh, the uh, Christmas holiday, the New Year's holiday? Well, now you, now you have me thinking, um, what, what did we do? We did a lot of staying in. Um, you know, we had some of, uh, Angela's family come in and spend some time with them. And, um, I would say the biggest thing is actually for me was in the sports realm. Um, mm-hmm. here in Lubbock, we have what's called the cap rock tournament. It is oh, a yeah. high school tournament. Um, and they come out and they say it is the biggest high school basketball tournament in the world. Um, which is a pretty bold statement, but That's they a bold were a claim. Hunt, yeah. right as in Lubbock. Yeah. Um, there were 119 teams in this tournament. So boys, girls on the boys side and the girls side, they had three brackets. So six total brackets. They had a large school, middle school, and then lower tier school brackets. Mm -hmm. So um, the cap rock every year around Christmas time is usually uh, kind of the thing to do. Uh, the championship game for the girls game. I know how much you love girls basketball, but oh, here in I Lubbock, got notes. I got notes. I know. Here in <laughs> Lubbock, we have the number one player in the nation mm. in Lubbock playing. Nice. Um, and her team made it to the the championship game, and um, they scored seventy two points. And her and one other girl scored sixty eight of the seventy two. 
Wow. So that's okay. that's quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, but no, it's it, the Cap Rock's always fun. I mean, the stands had over 3,000 people there for the girls' game, um, mm. which wow. is a lot for a high school girls' game. And then everybody just stayed to watch the boys play. So, yeah. which in the championship game was my alma mater, Trinity, hey. uh, nice. for the big school, big school one, but they lost to uh, Dallas Carter, who is a big mm. 5A school out of Dallas. Nice. Nice. Well, everything's bigger in Texas, as they say. That's so, right. Uh, That's right. What, so- about, what about you? Well, you know, we uh, you know this well because obviously we are family, brothers-in-law, but I had uh, the the privilege of having all of my kids uh, come to London for the holidays um, uh, with uh, their significant others. Uh, my middle daughter, Claire, of course, is quite pregnant. Gonna, I'm going to be, oh, grandpa, hello, bringing that. that. That'll be the next, that'll be happening next month. Um, hopefully anyway, you know, if everything goes as planned, but, um, right. So she came over with her husband, Trey, um, Sam was here with his uh, girlfriend here, Becca, you know, who played in the family football pick'em league and, uh, and the, uh, bowl bonanza. Uh, and then my daughter, Allie, who of course been on the show, took us to Hollywood, uh, and her, her, uh, fiance, Will, they were all here and we basically just saw a ton of London. Um, so I, you know, in terms of greatest, I don't know. We had a really good time for Sam's birthday. We went to, um, there was a formula one arcade here in London that has a bunch of, uh, formula one simulators. That was a lot of fun. And then we backed that up with going to, a, uh, called the sky garden, which is at the, I don't know, I don't know, 50th floor or something of one of the, uh, high rises here in downtown London. You could see pretty much all of London up there. That was, that was a lot of fun, but, uh, yeah, a lot of good times with the families and stuff and just, you know, doing all the London stuff, doing, Doing all the stuff you should be doing at Christmas time, right? Hanging out with your family, hanging out, seeing your friends, enjoy a nice meal, a couple of good drinks. I'm sure you, I mean, you know, I'm sure you had your, like, again, your, you, you, did you have your Christmas, your Christmas day sparkling water picked out or, or did you not, did you not have a special one in line for that? No, I didn't have a special one in line for that. I think it was just. Whatever was in the fridge, but I think I went with the vanilla orange that Matt had sent, which was pretty good. Um, yeah. Actually had a request for that. Uh, my oh. sister, who was in town, Jennifer, um, came in and said, you know, I think I might want to try that one. So I obliged and, and gave her one and she said it wasn't half bad. So there is that. Very nice. Very nice. I think uh, I think we had uh, a, a lovely bottle of Woodford Reserve uh, that we enjoyed, uh, those of us who enjoy some whiskey. And uh, plenty of Guinness was flowing over here, as well as some uh, champagne for New Year's and uh, all of the festivities. But uh, and I yeah, will say, anyways. Woodford Reserve, Woodford Reserve is is a good drink. Um, it's a good bourbon. Something I have had in the past, and uh, yeah. it it does go down a little bit smoother than what you got going right now. So yeah, yeah, I will, I will agree with that one hundred percent. So. Uh, yeah. So, oh, all right. So, you know, personal family business aside, you know, here we are in 2024, had a great holidays. We hope all of you out there also enjoy time with family and friends of the holidays, but Dustin, it's time now to start getting down to business. Give me an opening shot for 2024. What do you got? Well, it's, I mean, it's going to be a recent one. I know we've had some time to really work through all this, mm-hmm. but, uh, it's going to be uh, Texas Tech, man. I've got to I've got to go with them to start off because okay. um, early on in the the season they were not looking stellar. Um, 
And it was questionable on how they were going to do this year. Um, and they've mm-hmm. really kind of hit the ground running right now. Um, okay. Went down to, to Austin in the first game of conference and played um, a big rival in UT, um, possibly oh, yeah. the last the last away game to Austin as a Big 12 member. Um, horns down. Horns down. That's right. Came away with the win um, nice. and have actually, I know it's early, uh, but we are three and zero in conference, and we have now jumped up to number twenty five in the nation. So we are in the rankings. So nice. I would be remiss if I didn't mention Tech. However, we are tied for first with Baylor in the mm-hmm. Big Twelve conference due to mm-hmm. conference records. There are still seven Big Twelve teams ahead of us in the top twenty five. Mm. So there are eight teams from the Big Twelve in the top twenty five right now. So That's college basketball is a little bit bigger for the big 12 uh, in regard to amount of teams quality and things like that um, than football because football, you've got sec is the King um, and then you've got the big 10. And mm-hmm. so for basketball, the big 12 kind of steps in and, and kind of takes over there. And then you've got the ACC who is actually really good at basketball as well. So um, now that college football is over, we're starting to go into the realm of college basketball and go from there. I'm just going to say you failed to mention the Pac-12 there, Dustin. And, uh, oh, that's right. Never mind. Which, what <laughs> Never, What the, conference is that? The conference formerly known as the Pac-12. Uh, they oh, are making oh, their oh, last oh. stand, which, of course, for those who played in the D4 Bowl Bonanza and wondered who was Nick's entrance, I was Pac-12's last stand. But, again, I get ahead of myself there. But uh, I, I, I do like that you started with college basketball because I also have some college basketball. And I know we haven't talked about it much. And obviously, as March Madness rolls around, we will get to that more. But um, did you hear that Bronny James made his first start for USC? LeBron James' I'm, son. I might have, yes. His his first start and for USC, this was maybe a week ago now. Uh, he went out and, uh, I mean, lit it up. 0 for 7 from the field uh, with two rebounds and one assist. So... You know, I, I mean, following dad's footsteps, right? Absolutely. He he has about as many assists as I had my whole college career. So uh, he's on the right track. I mean, let's let's face it. Uh, Lo, Lo, Bronny can say he has more assists in his college career than his dad did. Right? That fair point. Absolutely. <laughs> Same amount of points right now. So, um, yeah, yeah. Well, that's no, I, to be fair, that was his first start. He had played other games, but this was his first start. But uh, right, right. I just thought it was the poor, the poor kid. I mean, it's like Tiger Woods' son, right? I mean, it doesn't matter how good Bronny is or isn't, right? Um, I mean, nobody should report that. But here we are, ESPN trotting out. Oh, Bronny James first start, and ha ha ha! Look how he did. So uh, there's that one. But but actually, I, I do have I, I have some women's college basketball I want to get to, uh, and the the first one, and it's not where you think I'm going to go because I think you know where you, I think. I think I know what you think you think I'm going to do. Anyway, the first one. I'm not following. (laughs) Did you see Grambling? Grambling beat the powerhouse, the College of Biblical Studies. And yes, that is actually the school. They beat them 159 to 18. (laughs) No, I did not see that. A hundred... And 59 to 18. And um, 
you know, I, I read a few of the details. I'm not really going to rehash them here, but, uh, you know, I, look, I, you know, Grambling, you know, obviously a historical black college and that, and, you know, long time legendary school, not a big school, not exactly powerhouse, but one would have to say, why are we scheduling the college of biblical studies? Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, 159 to 18. So that was uh, that was impressive. But I, I'm actually I'm going to stay with women's college basketball because of Caitlin Clark. And uh, I don't know if you have been tracking Caitlin Clark, but she is now 154 points away from being the all time scoring leader in NCAA women's basketball. And she has 12 games left to do it. So. Uh, I, I, what do you think? How many, how, how many games do you think she's going to, how many, how many is it going to take? She needs 154. Barring injury. Um, I mean, seven is giving her a lot of leeway. Yeah. Oh yeah. She's averaging, um, over 30 points a game this year, I think, or darn close to it. Yeah. So, right. That's yeah. why I'm saying, I, I mean, she's, she is one of those players. She's a generational player in her sport. Yep. Um, she's fun to watch. Uh, yep. She can just really just shoot it from anywhere. Um, just carries the team on her back. Yep. And uh, she, she just, she really is fun to watch. Um, yep. I know you don't really like women's basketball in general, but <laughs> as, hold on, as far, hold on. No, I'm not saying no, I don't no, like it. I just no. don't, I don't watch it. I don't watch. <laughs> right. And, uh, <laughs> Come on now, be nice, be nice here. I'm not. Uh, I, oh, sorry. New year, new you. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, there bad. you go. Okay. Oh yeah. Let me give it to you a few other stats though, and this is maybe a, a better question. She needs 59 threes to be the all-time leader. So she has 12 regular season games. That she's probably got six or seven March Madness games, right? So that's 19. You think she's going to get that? 59, 19. That's three a game. That's that's doable. It's doable if you it's get not her game, to, She's not real. I mean, if you get I mean, to the final four, yeah. it's doable. Um, yeah. I mean, that's three a game if you get that far. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, for her, it's doable just how good of a player she really is. Yep. Um, but I don't know. That's that's tough. I, uh, the point's definitely going to get there. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Threes, threes I don't I don't really know. Uh, a couple of other little nuggets on her. She does have the second highest points per game average of all time, 27.7. Probably won't get to 28.5, which is the record. Uh, she has an NIL deal worth $777,000. That's not number one, though. You know who is number one? Angel Reese. Angel Reese. Boom. You're right. $1.7 million. But However, uh, she has uh, NIL profile endorsements from State Farm, Buick, Nike, Hy-Vee, Bose, and H&R Block, among others. But I, there is one thing that Caitlin Clark has that Angel Reese will never have. You know what that is? What is that? She has a butter sculpture of her at the Iowa State Fair in 2023. I have seen that. And actually, the first <laughs> time I saw that was on the Manning cast. <laughs> With Eli and Peyton, they had her on and they they showed that and holy moly, um, butter that sculpture. was something. Yeah, goodness gracious, butter. All right, any other opening shots for me? 
Uh, I've got one. Um, it's not really sports related. And, and to be honest, I don't know how well this is going to take with uh, some of the people that listen due to the fact that they're not family. Um, okay. But I, I, I do feel like I have to get this out there and I'll just make it really quick. But over mm-hmm. the holidays, um, my dad, uh, mm-hmm. it wasn't feeling all that well. So this may be a first for him. Mm-hmm. But he asked somebody else to go to the store and get milk. <laughs> <laughs> so for, for those in the family, <laughs> this is a straight up shock to everybody wow. out there. So wow. um, I, I had to, I held on to this one just to bring it in. <laughs> um, and I know that that's an inside joke and it's really hard to do on a podcast. But for those that know, no. And if you want to go deeper into that, feel free. <laughs> the only thing better would have been if somebody brought him back a six pack of beer. You know? Right. <laughs> no, that's uh wow. That's a good one. And I, I was going <laughs> to. I figured you would like it. Yeah. I mean, I've, and I've got several other shots lined up, but I'm just not sure I can compete with that one. Um, because yeah, that's quality. That's quality. That's D4. That's the D4 life right there. You know, when, when people ask me, what's your podcast about? You know, I typically say sports and drinking because that's what it's about. But, you know, it's also just about capturing that D4 lifestyle, right? It's about quirky, just odd stuff out there. It's, it's, it's butter sculptures, right? I mean, that's, you know, that's what I'm talking about. It's, uh, it's Brawny James going over seven and somehow that gets reported. And, uh, that's right. Anyway, here that, we are. That's why we do opening shots like we do. That's why we do it. D4, taking on the 2-4, coming at you. taking on the 2-4 and it's time to update the D4 business because you know those of you who've been listening to us for a while know we've been tracking our fantasy competition uh, you know all the different stuff Millwall got some good Millwall news coming up here Um, uh, but uh, yeah so you know here we are in the 2024 Um, you know Dustin and I were just talking off camera about like you know our our DraftKings game this weekend and the reality is, Dustin, I just simply, uh, in the words of Pedro Martinez, I just have to tip my hat and tip my hat and call you my daddy on this one because uh, 75 to 55 to 5 is the final regular season numbers in our head to head competition in fantasy football, which. Again, for those of you who maybe missed some of the, you know, when we introduced this, we've been doing this now for five or six years. It's never been more than about five points off. Uh, and this year, Dustin just cleaned my clock. I, I have nothing else to say, Dustin. I will I will give you the winner's acceptance speech. Uh, please. Well, I, I appreciate that. I'm always waiting for the other shoe to drop. Um, <laughs> you know, with you, I'm always joking. You know, you say Pedro Martinez, I'll... I'll pull the uh, the LL Cool J and mm-hmm. say, you know, don't call it a comeback. Um, but you never did. No, so, I didn't. <laughs> it, 
it, it never got closer. Um, it just no. kept getting further away, to be honest. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, this is the biggest lead you've had all year. I, you, you know, uh, there was no three knockdown rule in effect. You knocked me down and I just said, hey, I'm, canvas is pretty, kind of, kind of comfortable, actually. I'm staying right here. Yeah, we put uh, some memory foam down there for you. Um, yeah. We just <laughs> made some and your, memories. And your blanket. So, <laughs> Jeez. I don't have any memory of this year. I've forgotten it already. And and congratulations, you were the Pickham champ for the season. Also, so you didn't just beat me. You did beat me by 15, but you didn't beat everybody by 15. Came down to the very last game of the season. Literally and- came down to the last game and. Uh, I went opposite of most everybody in that one. I think mm-hmm. you did too, but you know it didn't really matter did, for you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but because I went the different route, um, yeah. it Buffalo was Buffalo Bills it was, over Miami. That's right. Yeah. It was a, it was a bold move, Cotton, um, because <laughs> I, I assumed that everybody. That's right. Yep. I assumed everybody would go with uh, the other team, and so I thought, hey, it's like going for two, right? It's like we're either going to win right. or lose. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of what I did there. And I came out on top in the very, very last game of the season. Very last game. Took down Sam by one. Uh, my brother, Stuart, who, again, was really pretty dominant all year, was had a pretty comfortable lead until about week 15 when he somehow managed to make all the same picks that I made, lost the lead, and couldn't quite recover. So, so there you go. I, I, did, I did make a New Year's resolution this year, and that is – just to be better at picking stuff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which, because literally, like I would say, at, 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 at the way things went this year, don't let me choose dinner. Don't let me pick a movie. Don't let me pick anything. An outfit, if, if you know, the way that I was. So, you know, I'm kind of like, I'm going to go Costanza and anything I think I should do, I'm going to do the opposite because uh, it probably would have been better for me this last year. I, but, I uh, will say, I will say that in regards to picks and for you, um, you've started the year off really well because I got a message from you that stated I could really use a pick six right here. Not only did you pick one, you picked six. I did. And literally the very next throw of the game, interception touchdown. So you, you called that one pick six, right? Well, I think I meant to send it to Dustin and I sent it to Dak. That was the thing because he's in my phone too. And I think Dak got the message and obliged. But yeah, that one, we were kind of texting back and forth in the uh, Cowboys Packers game. And I was like, we just need a pick six right here. And I mean, wow. Yeah. I was like, I should start a podcast. And so we decided let's do it. So all right, so uh, continuing on the Pick'em theme, we did the D4 Bull Bonanza, and we had 16 uh, contestants, um, several. You had a handful of your friends in. Uh, uh, can you give me some of the names of the guys that you knew that that, that did it? Uh, I know Jared did, Sam did, um, yep. Choice, he Choice did. It. Um, Choice put it out on his social media, so we actually okay. got a few people – um, that I do not know because of, okay. of Choice's uh, social media. Choice is a radio um, like broadcaster. He does uh, radio shows here in Lubbock with uh, Texas Tech. 
Um, mm-hmm. And so there are people that follow him that are tech fans and everything. Mm-hmm. And so they just joined in because he kind of blasted that out there. And we, we greatly appreciate that as well. Mm-hmm. And he actually was tied coming down to the last, to, to the very last game. And we'll get to that in a minute, but I, I'm going to give a shout out to uh, Mike Falls uh, also jumped in the game. John Woodard jumped in the game. Chris Powers jumped in the game. These are all, you know, good friends of mine who've been following along. Um, few others. I know I don't have it in front of me, so sorry if I, we left you out, but we thanks to everybody for, for, for picking. But the other person that jumped in, my son Sam, of course, did not because, you know, frankly, you beat him in Pick'em, and the only reason you beat him in Pick'em this year is because he didn't make about five Thursday picks. <laughs> and had he made those, he and probably would have won probably would have won comfortably. But anyway, as we said, came down to the last pick, and you you took him down there. But Sam's uh, girlfriend, uh, who we had a wonderful opportunity to spend time with uh, over the holidays, uh, Beckham Mowbray is her name, uh, a, a student at Cambridge. So, you know, she ain't dumb. That's all I'm saying there. And uh, she actually came down to the last game of Pick'em, of the D4 Bowl Bonanza, tied with Choice for the lead. Choice decided to make the wrong choice. He he's picked been Washington. known to do that. Yeah, yeah. he's been known to I, do I'm that. I'm actually surprised. I'm kind of surprised he picked Washington, to be honest. I thought Michigan was probably overwhelmingly the safe choice. But uh, he took Washington, Becca took Michigan, and so Becca Mowbray is the D4 Bowl Bonanza champion for 2023-2024. And we will be having having her on the show. Uh, I've talked to her about it. We'll get her on the next uh, couple of weeks. Uh, I'll just just say this much. Um, Not only has she never seen a college football game because she's – British and they don't show college football here. Uh, I don't know that she's ever actually seen a football game. <laughs> there was, she did. We, we, we watched some of football together and I was actually explaining to her uh, some of the very, very basics of, of football. And yet uh, here she is. She, she won the game and I won't give away her picking strategy. I'll let her share that when she comes on the show, but Dustin, I'm just going to, let me just ask you this, given the fact that, you know, you and I, we're never really in it uh, after about the first 10 games. And I, of course, in classic 2023 fashion, came in 15th out of 16. And the only reason I wasn't last is because my buddy Mike didn't join until like 10 games in, or he surely would have beat me. You were kind of middle of the pack on this. What does this say about Pickham in general, do you think? I mean, is it, does knowledge it's, of anything actually help? No, <laughs> not at all. Um, although Becca is very, very smart, um, yes. that's probably why she won. Um, <laughs> she, she knows how to, uh, pick correctly, I guess. No, but it goes back. I, and I say this every year when it comes to March madness and doing the brackets, Oh yeah, I can sit there for an hour and analyze each game. And I know who the starting five are for almost every team that is in mm-hmm. the tournament. And it comes down to matchups and things. I don't know. There's so many different variables. And then there's, oh, I don't know, my daughter who is, you know, 13 (laughs) now. And last year she annihilated me in the March Madness. She doesn't know 
anything. She doesn't know mascots. She can't even base it off of mascots or colors or anything <laughs> like that. She yeah. picked Miami last year to win it all. They made it to the national championship game. The reason she chose Miami is because she's been there. <laughs> <laughs> That's of it. Of course. Why not? So I mean, all yeah, that to no, say, I, it means nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous, really. I mean, and again, Becca's smart, but I mean, you know, we talked about it. She had never even heard of fully half of these colleges, um, let alone knew anything about how they were in football. Um, and, and here we are. But hey, congratulations. Doesn't matter how you get there. You know, it's just that you win. So uh, Becca won the initial D4 Bowl Bonanza. And uh, I guess you you ended up sixth. Yeah, I ended up 15th. So there's that. Um, All right, moving forward, uh, Fantasy Premier League. Uh, We both had a really strong week 20 with 82 points. Um, I continue to lead by 88 points. Um, Let me ask you this question. How do you like Fantasy Premier League? Do you enjoy the Premier League and the way it's set up and how it works or not? Um, yes and no. When I remember to do it, I've, I've enjoyed it. Um, I, I think for me, though, it's, it's totally different than like the DraftKings part of it because mm-hmm. you do have a team and you do get to pick who you want based off of salary and different things like that. But they close it the day before instead before the whole of, week starts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Instead of day of, which for me is always difficult. Cause I'll go, Oh yeah, that starts now. And then I'm like, Oh no, I should have done that yesterday. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm realizing a little too late almost each week that I've got somebody playing that isn't playing. Well, and the, the games will go from kind of a weekend, but sometimes they're Friday games then there's usually Saturday games and Sunday games, and there's often a Monday game. And but yeah, so they they'll close it, you know, on like two hours before the first game of the week. And it doesn't matter if your guys are playing later in the week, you, you can't make any changes. And one of the challenges is you really don't know who's gonna play. Um, because some of the times guys just don't play. They they just get get a game off. And um, well, you know, frankly, you get a point if they play at all. And then you get two points if they play 60 minutes or more. So, uh, yeah, I, so it's interesting to me. I mean, I, 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 I'm kind of enjoying it more as it goes on. Um, and of course, as I start to understand a little more about, about, uh, you know, just premier league football in general, but, uh, it's a very different structure the way it's set up, um, versus, uh, any other fantasy sports I've done. And, uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Then again, I, I mean, my team's pretty good too. So that, that helps, but, um, yeah. All right. I was just curious on your thoughts on that. So, uh, and then of course, as I continue to say it, thank goodness for the NBA. Um, and really, I got to say more than that. Thank goodness, Dustin, that you signed me up in a league in which, you know, pretty much half the people aren't really paying any attention. Half? You're giving us <laughs> including, half? Including you. Um, last week we played head to head and I didn't mention it because you continued to not set your lineup. And uh, and gave me a nice little victory, but uh, yeah, you, yeah, you I had mentioned now... you had mentioned thanks for uh, playing, and I went back and I went, oh, I played Nick this week. I didn't yep. check it one time. No, <laughs> no, you didn't. And I and like I said, I just want to say I really appreciate that. Um, I have uh, managed to continue to add to my lead. I am. Uh, I'm just let me just check the standings here right quick. The full standing. I am seventy one. 
23 and two. And again, there's eight, eight possible points each week. The next closest player is 63 and 33. Um, and then you, sir, are 48, 47 and one. So above 50%. Well, yeah, 50 and a half or whatever percentage that might be. I said above. Okay. Yeah. yeah all right. Fair, I enough, said above. fair enough. I concede. So uh, yeah, 505, that's exactly what you are. And, and I am. Do you, uh, know, do you know why you're in first place? Not only is it because you set your lineups, but let's go back to 2023. You <laughs> did not pick I didn't this pick. team. I didn't you allowed that. you allowed the auto draft to pick your team, which was a wise pick on your part. Absolutely. Well, that and you went to bed. Um, but yeah, you let somebody else pick or the computer pick for you, and look at you now. Look at me now. Though I have to say, I have made some good pickups, including Bradley Beal recently. Somebody dropped him, and I was like, "Give me a break! I'm taking him." I know he wasn't injured all year, so I picked him up. But I do have to say, I'm actually. I'm facing some pretty significant injury problems with Tyrese. How you, you dropped Bradley Beal? I did. Why? He's on the Suns, for goodness sakes. Because here's what I was doing. I was dropping him because I was adding another player just for one game. Mm. And then I was going to try and pick him back up. And because I pay so close attention to it, I probably forgot that I had dropped him check. and left him there. Some of us check. Some of us check. I picked him up. But I, I do actually have some pretty significant injury issues right now with uh, Tyrese Halliburton is out. And now Desmond Bain uh, is also out for quite a few weeks. I've had, uh, uh, if, well, Jimmy Butler, I think, is going to come back. So that's good. Paul George has missed quite a few games. Uh, so anyway, but anyway, I, I continue to have a pretty, uh, pretty confident, pretty comfortable lead in the NBA. Real, real quick, real yeah. quick. Uh, without looking, where does Desmond Bain play? Memphis. Okay, just making sure. Hey, I, look, I'm learning. I'm learning some of this stuff. I'm paying attention. I'm paying attention. Bojan Bogdanovic has been one of my key contributors. I where mean, does he play? Detroit. Okay, just I'm 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 making sure. Look at me. He's really. Look at he, this. He, yeah, he's he's kind of all they have. I mean, I know they got some young guys, and Cade Cunningham is really good. Yeah, um, but Bogdanovich is is really good as well. So, he's anyways, I just have to check. I just had to yeah, check. Well, yeah, no, it's there. I'm I'm all over it. I'm all I over. Can it. Really make it interesting and say where do they go to college? But I'm not going to do that. Oh, we'll we'll yeah, have an episode on, like that. We don't, some, need, we don't need to do anything yeah. like that. Let's go to Millwall. You'll never make Millwall. Millwall. Dustin Millwall, huh? What yeah. do you think? What do you uh, think of Millwall? I would say going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say trajectory pointed skyward, but you know, um, going in the right direction. Uh, a few wins um, mm-hmm. in the past four games. I think we've got three wins and a loss. We had three in a row. Yep. And then we lost this last weekend. Fair enough. Yep. 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 And uh, so with with the new new coaching. Um, Maybe it's slowly starting to turn around, trying to figure out what we're going to do. Um, but it's it's been good, right? We've gotten away from the bottom tier, um, yeah. got some breathing room there. That was really worrisome, being yeah. that close and knowing yeah. what we had moving forward. So glad we yeah, pulled no, some and a, a full-on update, we are currently 16th after the loss this weekend. But prior to that, we were 15th, but we were only eight, play, eight points out of the the playoff so we've actually 
gotten ourselves back into a respectable place. Uh, really some good momentum happening. Again, we had five games in a row. It was kind of weird. We had like those two draws that were really bad draws where we gave up a late goal to, to get the draw. But then all of a sudden we win three and you're like, well, look, we haven't lost a game in, in five games, right? And you're like, I mean, that's pretty good. Most, I mean, two draws and three wins in, in a five-game stretch, everybody's going to take that. So, um, and in fact, Sky Sports has decided to start showing Millwall games here. They picked up three games. So, you know, here we go. And we got QPR, Queens Park Rangers, this coming weekend. They are a very beatable team. They are in the relegation zone. So, Millwall heading in the right direction. I, oh, I don't, I don't want to get too terribly fired up but come on Millwall that's all I gotta say they're right there right now so we'll keep going the direction we're going for sure yeah I got one more story and this this ties back to the holidays <clears throat> so all my family's getting together you know everybody paid to come over and stuff is expensive so we're like ah, we, we don't need to give everybody Christmas gifts no big deal my daughter said why don't we each why don't we do an ornament exchange okay fine so they're like, pick an ornament, you know, that kind of that you like or that says something about you. So what did I do? What do you think I did? I'm gonna. I, I think you did tell me. So if I guess, I'm gonna guess right. So I'll just let okay. you tell the story. Well, I mean, my first thought was, it's got to be a D4 Sports ornament. So I custom made a D4 Sports ornament, ladies and gentlemen, and I put it under the tree, and. We go around, and I think Trey opened it up. My son-in-law opened it up first. And, you know, I was actually, I was disappointed. The reaction in the room was a combination of what the heck is that and laughter on the part of Karen and Allie, uh, who were just like, that's so you. That's just so, com-. and I'm like, well, hey. What you did said- you expect? I don't know. I thought people might think, oh, that's actually no, kind of clever. For like Karen and Allie, like what that has well, to be like. No, yeah. I knew Karen wouldn't like it. I knew she'd just be like, what are you doing? And that was kind right. of what she was doing. But, and Allie, Allie just was, you know, I mean. Shaking her head. Like, she's like, why would I expect anything else? And, and then Becca stole the ornament. We were doing the white elephant game. So Becca oh, stole man. it. So Becca has the, the lone existing D4 sports Christmas tree ornament uh, that can adorn her tree for the foreseeable future. So, well, and not only that, I mean, we get to get her on talk about her strategy for picking college football. We get to pick her brain on strategy for stealing an ornament. That's true. That is, you know, one of a kind, literally one of a kind that could, who knows what that could be worth, but listeners, if you too want a D4 Christmas ornament, let me know. We can make it happen. We've got now, let's see, there's a t-shirt in existence. There's a coffee mug in existence. There's a Christmas tree ornament in existence. I think that's it. <laughs> and I own but, two of them, so... <laughs> well, look at you. I mean, that's, that's those are investments. Investing for the future. That'll be another segment coming up on... D4 Sports.
segment with the sports roundup and then uh, kind of a deeper dive into the NFL. We are through the wild card weekend and uh, looking forward to the rest of the playoffs. We'll, we'll get to that in just a minute. But um, but let me, uh, let me before we get too far, let me talk about uh, our beloved uh, Pistons. And uh, I actually, in my notes, it simply says the stinking Pistons because they can't even lose well. I mean, I mean, okay, they lost really well. 28 in a row. They lost all of November. They lose all of December. They come down, they they took the Celtics to overtime, but didn't didn't beat them. Or the the Bucks. The Bucks whatever. It took one of the top teams. They come down, they lose 28 in a row, they tie the record, and then on Dece- I believe it was December 30th, last game of the year, they eke out a victory over the Raptors. They can't even set the record on their own. And then they go right back on a tear and they lose another seven or eight in a row, another eight in a row. So they were, um, they actually, as of this recording, they won last night. So they are now four and 36. Um, But so I was, I, I didn't go full rabbit hole on this. You know, we'll talk about the D4 rabbit hole coming up here in a bit, but I, I just had to check. Do you know what the record for the fewest wins in a season is? I'm going to say eight. Uh, n- no. Uh, so technically the record is six. By the 1947 oh. and 48 Providence Steamrollers. That played eight games. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, so they didn't play a full uh, 82. The 2011-2012 Bobcats, Charlotte Bobcats, one of the notoriously worst teams of all time, only won seven. But that was also a shortened season because there was a lockout the first couple of weeks of that season. So there was a short – they didn't play a full 82 games. Over 82 games, the fewest wins in a full season are the 72-73 76ers um, who only won nine. So, so I was looking at it. And I'm like, okay, so three and 36 is where they were. So that's a 0.9 win percentage. The lowest win percentage of all time is the Bobcats at 106. Um, but I mean, nine games, they got to double their win total in the second. They're, they're 40 games in now and they won last night. So they're four and 36. And I was looking at it. I was like, okay, they have four, four games against the Wizards and Hornets this month, right? And I'm like, if they don't split those, <laughs> if they don't at least split those four games against the Wizards and the Hornets, I don't know. I mean, they got a shot. So, so they're four and thirty-six right now, and uh, I mean, they got a shot because there's not a lot of other. I mean, there are some really bad teams this year, but they don't play them very much more. So, I don't. Know, what do you? What? What's your take? Are can they win less than nine? I mean, yes, they can. <laughs> um, the halfway point is what forty-one games. Yeah, they're eighty-two 40 game now. season. Yeah, right. So they play tomorrow night. They play the Timberwolves, uh, and I don't know if you know anything about the standings. Uh, not the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves. Yeah. the Timberwolves are the second best team in the NBA record-wise yeah. right now, yeah. number one in the West. So yeah. uh, I don't foresee a win there. No. Um, so at the halfway point, you're looking at forty and thirty-seven, right? You, you, you're really going to have to eke out some wins somewhere to to get above eight, nine, even into double digits somewhere. Yeah. 
I, I just don't know if that can happen. It might. I mean, they've got some good players. That's what's crazy to me. They just can't put it together. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm just looking at the standings right now. And like I said, the Wizards and the Hornets, they got four games against them this month. The Wizards have only won seven. The Hornets have only won eight. And then you have the Spurs that have only won seven. The Trailblazers have only won 10. Everybody else has won at least 15. So, you know, I mean, look, obviously, just because they have a record doesn't mean that they're going to win. But, I mean, they're going to have to play significantly better in the second half of the season than they did in the first in order to get to nine. (laughs) To nine wins. Absolutely. What's crazy is that the Bulls went, you know, 73 and and 10. 72 and, and 10. The Warriors went 73 and 9. The Warriors yeah. went 73 and 9. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The Bulls went 72 and 10. Yeah. I mean, and that's taking games off. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, I don't know. It might be harder to go uh, 9 and 73 than 73 and 9. Well, yeah. Okay. I'm going to, th- back to my college days. I had a, I had a professor, gentleman tastefully named Ted Nickel, not Nichols, but close my psychology professor, and we, he gave us a quiz each week, a 10-question quiz. Anybody who went to Fresno Pacific, you'll remember this. If you took his class, everybody took his class, intro to psych. A 10-question quiz, super dumb, specific questions on the reading. Nobody got right, right? And so he'd give you a chance, you take the quiz, and he'd let you go back and make it up for half credit. But he did this. He said, if you get zero on a test, and these were all 10 Four object, multiple choice questions. He said, if you get zero, I will give you 10 out of 10. Right? Because he knows that statistically, the odds of getting zero are far are, are very low. Right? Because on a 10 four, four choice questions, if you don't know and you're just guessing, chances are you're going to get one right. And every single week, we had some guy came in. He said, I'm going for the zero because <laughs> he didn't do the reading. And he came in, and every time they got one or two, and it was the funniest thing each time. Somebody's like, no! They were so mad that they got one right because they were trying for the zero. And one girl, one time, actually scored zero. But when he passed the quiz back, he said, I wanted you to know, she actually scored zero, but she went through and actually marked, this is the right answer on every question. So she knew all the answers and could have gotten 10 out of 10. So she intentionally marked them all wrong in order to get zero. That's, that's kind of going the back door route, right? That's yeah. not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she wasn't sold out. She wasn't committed to the zero. No, no. You, you got to see the D4, the true D4 goes in and is like, I got no idea. Let's do it, baby. Let's fire up the zero. Yeah. Nobody that's not can. reading it where she obviously read it. So that yes. doesn't really count. Right. Right. Okay. Back to sports. Sorry. Sorry. A uh, couple of hockey notes. I know you're a big hockey fan. Well, real quick, what I was going to yeah. bring up is yep. um, this is how into hockey I am. Uh, yep. Some guy for some team who is <laughs> pretty good broke his jaw. Oh, that's in my notes. Oh, Yes. Nice. I couldn't Connor tell you. Bedard. Is, there you Connor go. Be- the best player. Connor Bedard, the hotshot <laughs> rookie. Yeah. Skates over the blue line. Guy comes up, you know, pretty standard hit. I mean, there's some talk about was it cheap? 
I watched the play. It wasn't it was a pretty standard hit. He had he didn't have his head on a swivel and broke his jaw. So yeah, Connor Bedard, his uh, initial season, some he won't be out for the whole year. He'll be back in a little bit, but um, broke his jaw. You know. See, I'm following it pretty close now. That's that's impressive. That's what you get for <laughs> skating with the big boys, Connor. But uh, another Connor, Connor McDavid. And I, I, I told the story, right, about how they decided to bring in all of his old coaches, right? I, I, I did right. tell the story. Yep. Yeah, okay. You did Just tell the story, sure. yes. Yeah, they brought in all of Connor McDavid's old coaches. Uh, since November 18th, they are, the, the Oilers, or yeah, the Edmonton Oilers are 17-3. and three. Um, They won eight in a row, then they lost three, and then they won nine in a row since November the 18th. And he has scored in 22 out of 24 games and is now the eighth, this tied for seventh in the league in scoring. So, um, that's crazy. I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. I, I, I you know, again, I, I don't want, I, I mean, the games are not broadcast at a time where I can watch them here. And I'm not, of all the things I'm going to do, I'm not going to go back and I'm not going to rewatch Edmonton Oilers games. But I would love to know what they're doing different that makes it so that all of a sudden Connor McDavid is back to his old self, where at the beginning of the year, they couldn't get it done, but um, yeah. So a couple of other tidbits before we get into the NFL. Number one, your boy, Rafael Nadal, withdraws from the Australian Open. I don't even want to say it's the beginning of the end. I mean, it's, we're, we're on the tail end of the end. It's the end of the um, end. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, I yeah. like the guy as a player. Um, I always have. Uh, Legend. One of the greatest yeah, absolutely. ever. Yep. Uh, but, uh, but problems with it's, it's there yeah, problems with a surgically repaired hip. So that's not a good sign. Uh, you know, let's just hope, let's hope Nadal can come back for one more run at the French open. Um, I think that's best case scenario probably. Um, but that would uh, be the only one he would need to play. Yeah. There's, there's no need to even attempt to go to anything else. Well, he always tried to make the case that Wimbledon was so important for him, but I mean, he's the king of clay, so right, nobody but, could beat him. Yeah, and, and but I mean, his his numbers for clay are astronomical compared yeah. to other people on any other surface. Yeah. So, but yeah. Uh, again, that's tough because of you know at some point the greats have to. Stop. I mean, look at Brady. It ends. It ends. Yep. It, it at some point you have to stop. Um, and with a surgically repaired hip, I mean, I know there's not much movement in tennis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But it. I mean, that's that's going to cause a lot of issues. There's enough movement in Wii tennis that if you have a surgically repaired hip, you're probably in trouble. Let alone actual well, tennis. Your, but your neck alone, just watching it. I mean, <laughs> imagine playing Good point. it. So, Good point. so we'll, we'll dive into the Australian Open next week. It got underway this week. We're only through round one. So, but uh, we will take on the Australian Open next week. But no Nadal, which is, you know, disappointing. But uh, it is the way it is. And we, I, we have to uh, briefly at least touch on the end of the college football season. Um, I, you know, I'm Michigan. Hats off to Michigan. Uh, great team. Um, great season uh, here here was some interesting things to me because i was looking as i was looking at the game and i was like trying to figure out okay who's gonna win right because obviously washington high flying offense michigan was actually the number one defense in the in the in the in the in all of college football this year in points allowed 
But right. here's what was interesting. Do you know who the top four points allowed defenses were in college football this year? I'm going to guess Michigan. Yep. Uh, I want to say Penn State. Yep. There were four. Right, right. Um, I mean, I can say Alabama, but but teams nope. scored on Alabama. I'll Utah save it for State. You. I'll, no, I'll uh, save it for you. Michigan, Ohio State, Iowa, Penn State. Iowa, Iowa. The Man, Big I Ten. About Iowa. The Big yes. Ten were the top four scoring defenses. And then Georgia was number five. And then Nebraska and Wisconsin were six and seven. The Big Ten had six of the seven best scoring defenses in all of football, college football this year. So let me ask you this. Yeah. Really good defenses or Iowa-type offenses? Well, I'm glad you said that because do you know where Iowa ranked offensively this year? Now, let me give you a hint. <laughs> let me get, no, well, okay, they weren't last, but there were 132 college football teams. Where do you think Iowa ranked in offense? 127. 129. Pretty close. Akron, Ball State, Kent State, and Eastern Michigan were the only worst offense. The number three defense and the number 129 offense uh, in the year. But I, yeah, I don't, I mean, but, but, but the truth is, no, I mean, most of the big 10 offenses were fair to Midland. I mean, there were, there wasn't uh, the, the top five, Oregon, LSU, USC, Georgia, Washington. So three, three PAC 12 teams. And then I guess two uh, SEC teams. Um, but Michigan was like a, like number 12 or something. They, they had a, they had a very good offense. They were good offensively. And and Georgia, you mentioned twice too. So those are the two teams that were on both ends of the the spectrum, right? They Georgia just happened to lose to Alabama in the SEC championship game. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Oh, and by the way, uh Miami of Ohio was the top ranked special teams college, in case you cared. Oh, of course. <laughs> I sensed that maybe you were slightly ambivalent on that, but all right. Fair enough. So, but let's get to the meat of the action, NFL. Um, we need to obviously talk playoffs, but playoffs. Uh, before... <laughs> oh, easy now, easy now. We're gonna have coaches rants. Uh, that's gonna be a D four segment that's been long teed up, and we will get oh, that yeah. one. That oh one yeah, coming. But uh, Jim Mora, you just stay. You you keep that channeling of ear inner Jim Mora back where it needs to be. But before we jump into the playoffs. Give me your thoughts on end of the season. Um, big surprises, um, upside, downside. What, what, do you, what did you think about as we come to the end of the end of the NFL season? What, what are your, uh, your, your bigger thoughts? So I think one of the big surprises for me, and I know we'll get to the playoffs and talking about what happened in the playoffs, yep. but the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, oh, oh. I mean, they just had a total collapse mm-hmm. for the past six games. I think they went yeah. one and five. Yeah. And that. Well, they were 10 and that, one, right? So they ended. Did they end 12 and five? Or Yeah, they were. Yeah. Okay. Well, whatever. Anyway, it was bad. Yeah. It, it wasn't bad. good. No. So they they just had a, a total collapse. And, and again, we saw it 
yesterday. Um, but we'll get there. Yeah. I think the, the positive note for me, which it, for me, it was good to see, um, the Rams, mm-hmm. they were, they were a fun team this year. Cause I didn't think yep. they were going to be much of anything. No Cooper no. cups out the first, what, five games of the season. Yep. Um, you got a, a new rookie that comes out of nowhere, uh, Puka Nakua, mm-hmm. um, who set records, I believe. He sure um, did. Yep. For for being a rookie and, and being a receiver, they still have a you know somewhat talented defense, um, and they just they they played well. And their running back after week seven was the number one running back in the league. Yeah. So um, it was they were fun to watch. So you got your disappointment from the Eagles. You've got your positive note and from the Rams. Yeah. Um, so it was fun. Yeah, I know. And in fact, uh, so a segment we've been talking about, and we've kind of mentioned in the past, but we're kind of we're probably going to formalize this a little bit is the D four rabbit hole, right? We kind of start researching into things. We kind of end up down this rabbit hole, and uh, my D four rabbit hole was actually spurred by the Rams because I. So number one, interestingly enough, Sean McVay is already the second winningest coach in Rams history. Which is surprising. Now, to be fair, they've never had any real long-standing coaches, obviously, but um, but he's done good. But I, and I, my notes, I say the Rams making the playoffs is like the quietest big news of the season. I think because absolutely because they shouldn't have been that good. Nobody thought they were going to be. And I, I mean, we can go back and listen to the early episodes. I that defense in particular, that's the ultimate no name defense behind Aaron Donald, right? I mean, Aaron Donald's great. He's a legend, Hall of Famer, surefire Hall of Famer. Everybody else, I don't, I still can't name anybody else on the Rams defense. Um, but they they played well. But but I was sitting here and and, and <laughs> so here's the irony of the D four rabbit hole. Is my thinking was well, they've got two tremendous rookies in Puka Nakua and Kyron Williams, but Kyron is actually not a rookie. I didn't, I was wrong on that. He was actually drafted last year, although he only had 10 carries. So he, he's essentially a rookie. So then I was trying to think back and I started thinking, okay, well, I mean, those are two of the best draft picks in a single draft on offense, maybe ever, right? I mean, if, if you landed Puka and Kyron in the same draft, I mean, okay, early in their career. But so I went back and I started thinking, okay, who were the other like what other great draft classes on offense? When 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 did another team manage to land two guys that good? And actually, one of my first thoughts was this year with Detroit, with Laporta and Gibbs, with absolutely Jameer Gibbs and and, and Sam Laporta, who I think people were high on, but I don't think anybody expected. I mean, Laporta broke the tight end rookie receiving record this year in Detroit, and Jameer Gibbs. Uh, and this is fascinating. I think something maybe to talk about another time. We'll see how far Detroit gets. But the way that they used Jameer Gibbs this year, I think, was incredibly smart by uh, by the Lions in not just giving him the ball every down, but by splitting the load between him and Montgomery. I think they end up with two guys who are both still, you know, don't have too much work on them at the end of the season. But anyway, Laporta and Gibbs might go down as one of the best. Uh, and then I started looking and I'm like, okay, Dak and Zeke were taken in the same year, 2016. And okay, we're going to, we're going to talk about the Cowboys. So 
just back off. I see that face. My, but, my bad. My bad. But but I mean, Dak and Zeke in 2016 is a tremendous draft, right? I mean, okay, didn't give you a Super Bowl, but good. Good players. <laughs> Here's a good one for you. Gronk and Hernandez taken in the same year in 2010. And well killer killer uh, draft. <laughs> killer draft. <laughs> ah. Ah. You're welcome. Joe Joe Theismann <laughs> and John Riggins. In 1971, I mean, that's reaching back, but that was, I mean, they won Super Bowls together. Right. Uh, Drew Brees and LaDainian Tomlinson, 2001. That's a pretty now, good Brees, one. Brees, of course, didn't play for the Chargers very long, right? Right. He went to the Saints, but LT, of course, and, you know, the Chargers famously managed to not win a Super Bowl. But, but overall, then, um, getting both of them. Yeah. And then Lamar Jackson and uh, and Andrews for the Ravens uh, in 2018 has turned out obviously pretty well, and we'll see we'll see if Andrews can come back this year. But Mark Andrews, but Jackson and Andrews, and then the oh, the only one I, I could find that would probably compare would be um, actually the Steelers drafted both Lynn Stallworth and or John Stallworth and Lynn Swan in 1974, who were their two number one and number two receivers throughout all of the seventies through their championships. But um, yeah, so that was my D four rabbit hole for the, for the week um, was trying to figure that one out. And like, but, uh, and then of course, ironically, I found out literally just today that in fact, Kyron Williams wasn't drafted this year, that he wasn't a rookie, that he was from last year, but I don't know. I'll give it to him anyway. Splitting hairs. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no. So the, um, that was that was great. I you know I, I think some of my closing thoughts on the season. Um, well, T.J. Watt leads the league in sacks again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he got hurt. He did, and that's a bummer. Got his nineteenth sack. Um, he and J.J. are now uh, not the only, but two of the only. There's only about five or six people in the history of the league that have nineteen or more sacks in two seasons or more. And he and his brother have that. So uh, I just have to say, I'm really glad I did not grow up as a brother in the Watt household because <laughs> it would have been, hey, let's wrestle. No, 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 let's not. Let's not do it. Uh, yeah, I'm good. Uh, well, another interesting note, Derek Brown, defensive tackle from the Panthers, had 100 tackles this season. Um, which is the most by a defensive lineman since 2000. Wow. Which, yeah, which news st- was a little surprising to me. I mean, 100 tackles is a lot of tackles, but uh, yeah, that's um, that's upside there. And um, and this was again. I, I mean, I was making notes, you know, as the season was ending. Um, the Bears Packers in Week 18. They went until seven minutes and 56 seconds in the fourth quarter before an accepted penalty occurred in the, in the game. Wow. There were no, there was one flag thrown earlier that was declined, but they went, that was the longest game all season with no flag up, up until seven fifty six in the fourth quarter. And there was finally an accepted penalty. And, and so that set me down a mini rabbit hole, but there were only four teams that managed to play a game all season that had no penalties. Seattle in week 18, go figure. Uh, the Eagles against Miami. And I remember that game because a lot of people complained about the officiating in that game because 
the Eagles got no penalties called on them. And then one team did it twice. Can you guess which team played two full games this season with no penalties? Uh, I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. They're not a team that you would ever associate with no penalties. The Raiders. The Raiders. The Las Vegas Raiders went two games. Good guess, by the way. With no penalties. They, in fact, were the least penalized team in the league this year. That's crazy with Max Crosby on your team. Well, well, just being the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders historically have just been, you know, that's not been their trademark. But, uh, you know. Let me me ask you a question on the end of the season, okay? Mm -hmm. From week 12 on, who had the best QBR? (laughs) I know the answer to this. I know you know the answer to this. And we'll go back to week one as well, or before Jordan the season Love. started. Jordan yes. Love. Thank you. Thank well, okay, you. okay. But to be fair, right? And and I went back and I looked at our predictions. And next week, we should revisit our NFL predictions. Or maybe at the end of it, when it's all said and done, we revisit our NFL predictions. Jordan Love had an incredibly up and down season, right? His first three, four games were really pretty good. His next four or five games were really bad. And yes, then from the Thanksgiving Day game onward, he's played very well. Very well. I mean, I, I, and look, I mean, I, I'm happy to admit when I'm wrong. I mean, I've been wrong. I mean, hell, look at my picking this year. I mean, I was wrong almost as much as I was right, <laughs> which is atrocious. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, Love's playing great football. I mean, and, you know, I, I – you know, in my own defense, I would say nobody had really seen all that much of Jordan Love play. And I would say the times that I had seen Jordan Love play, I wasn't convinced. But he, hey, look, he had a good season. He finished strong. It was a mixed bag. But, you know, I mean, I think he's definitely ending on a confident route. And I, I think he's positioned himself for a, a good run. So there you go. You know, he's, he's, uh, I think I mentioned this to you, but, uh, I believe that, uh, this is almost the same team that Aaron Rodgers had that couldn't yeah. do anything, anything, couldn't do anything. Yeah. Well, see, that's now, now see, now you're just opened up a whole can of worms and oh, we can't go. We there. could go forever. We could go if forever. We're, if we're going to talk about anything else, we, we can't get in it. We'll, we'll, we'll deal with Aaron Rodgers another time. So, so, all right. So. We are one week into the NFL playoffs. We're through wild card weekend. Give me your hot takes. Give me your give me your predictions. What what do we got going forward? I think the craziest thing to me is who we have left in the playoffs. Like you look at the teams and you go, man, there were a lot of upsets in the first round of the playoffs. But if you look at it more closely, it's almost straight chalk. There's a, you know, it's, it's one, two, three, four, I believe one, seven, three, four. Yeah. Think is how yep. it, how it pans yeah, I think out. You're right. Yep. 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 Mm-hmm. So looking at it, I'm going, man, there are some teams in here that you would have never even thought to be in the, the playoffs still uh, coming into it throughout the, the way the season ended. But well, okay. I, All right. To be fair. I mean, I would only give you, I would only say there's one, the Packers. Well, the Texans. Okay, two. The Texans. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right. 
And again, I know, and I would say the Bucks. Well, no. Okay. Oh, the fact that they got through the wild card round, I'll give you that. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you and I talked. I mean, I, we can go back and pull out whatever episode three, whatever it was, our NFL predictions. Right. We were like the NFC. Somebody has to win it, right? And I think you and I were both either likely Bucks or Saints. I think I, I picked think Saints. I think I think I did too, but I mean the fact that the Bucks won is not like shocking. But right. okay, so let's deal with this game first, right? Bucks Eagles because <laughs> you mentioned it. How Dustin? How did the Eagles get so bad so fast? Because they I got they got handled. That was it wasn't not a close, like a snowball where it that slowly wasn't a close goes. Game. No, it yeah. just they they plummeted over the la- the second half of the season. Uh, their it was their defense Baker is is doing well to to get going, but again, yep. their defense is yeah. the Eagles' defense is allowing way too much. Yeah, no, I I mean I, I, that I don't I I can't figure out how that defense. I mean, okay, they missed AJ Brown on the offense, and it was very clear that they missed AJ Brown on the offense, right? They struggled to get their running game going, and then Devontae Smith had some nice catches. But when he's by himself, I mean, you double him, and then you got Quez Watkins and you know and Goddard, right? So okay, fair enough. But that defense, how did that? How did they fall off that cliff? I I don't. I'm scratching my head on that one because. So that, their last yeah. seven games, they went one and six. Yeah, Ooh. and the one win was against the Giants. <laughs> but but here's this. Powerhouse. So yeah. they're, they're set their last seven games, 49ers, 42 points. Cowboys, 33 points. Seahawks, 20, but it was still a win for the Seahawks. Then the Eagles beat the Giants, but the Giants scored 25. Cardinals scored 35 to beat them. And then the Giants won 27 to 10 in the last game of the season. And then the yeah. Buccaneers scored 32. Yeah. Bad. I, I, and we're going to, we're going to do coaches and uh, coaching carousel and stuff coming up, but yeah, no boy, the, the Eagles about the only other team that I can remember that collapsed like this, there was a, a Dolphins team. I'm going to say 15 years ago now, it was a long time ago and they started off like eight and one and missed the playoffs. Um, they just completely folded. And I don't even remember now what, what that was and what the details were around that. But I just can't remember another team that was so good. And I mean, they were 10 and one, I mean, 10 and one, you don't get to 10 and one in the NFL as a, as a faker. And they didn't lose anybody. It's not like Hertz went down or, you know, I mean, there's no single piece that you say, well, they lost this guy and you know, there you go. But Boy, that was bad. Okay, but here's my question for you. Coming out of this game. Is Baker Mayfield a legit top 10 quarterback in the NFL next year? I wouldn't say top 10. Uh top half. Okay. Uh but and and maybe 13 to 15, but I wouldn't I don't know about top 10. Yeah. Um he's done better in Tampa Bay than he ever did in Cleveland. Yeah. So, uh, well, he's got good weapons there too. True. True. Here's a stat I came across today. The Bucks 
Tampa Bay played this year with $82 million in dead cap money. That's almost a third of the salary cap spent mm-hmm. on players that did not play a single snap for them this year. That's crazy. That's a lot of money. That that says good things for the future, I think. Although they've got other things to deal with. But all right. Uh, let's back up a game. I think this, to me, this game was the least interesting of the weekend. Steelers-Bills. I'm not What's surprised by it. I mean... Yeah. Tomlin's got one year left on his contract, but they don't they haven't had a quarterback in a while. Even Big Ben's last three years um yeah. weren't stellar. Uh so But you gotta give it to Tomlin for for coaching a team that t- and hey, look, they were one of my sleeper picks at the beginning of the season. But I thought Kenny Pickett was gonna evolve, and I think Kenny Pickett did develop well. Not great, but he developed enough and then he got hurt. So, you know, there's that. I I, I would say this much about Buffalo. Buffalo is so dependent on Josh Allen. And I think the only other team in my mind, actually, I was thinking about this. I think your three top teams in the AFC are all almost 100% quarterback dependent. The Ravens on Lamar Jackson, the Bills on Josh Allen, and the Chiefs on Patrick Mahomes. And I think in, in each case of all three of those, if you shut down that quarterback, you find a way to do it. And not that it's easy. You find a way to do it. You shut that team down. And I'm not sure there's many other teams that are quite like that. Um, Houston, hard to say. Stroud's been great. Um, I think the Niners without Purdy, you still got a lot of pieces and might make it. The Lions without Goff. I mean, Goff is good, but I don't know. The Bucks without Mayfield, I, I you know, hard to say. And uh, who's the other team in the NFC? I should remember this. Oh, the Packers without Jordan. <laughs> the Packers without Jordan Love. We'll save that one for a later comment. But all right. Rams, Lions. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, Rams, Lions. It, it panned out the way I thought it would. I mean, I thought the Lions Great would come game. out on top, but you had Great. Jared Goff going against the Rams, and you had Matthew Stafford going against the Lions, and so it was a good game, top to bottom. So, yep. um, that it was enjoyable to watch. The one um, thing I would say that was interesting about that game, the Lions really looked like they were handling the the Rams. I mean, like the first half of that game, it was like. The Lions unquestionably were winning that game, but then they go into halftime and they're only up by a few points. And that was a little, I mean, it was kind of like, whoa. I mean, they came back at the end and, I mean, they ended up eking it out. But, um, yeah, which I'm, I'm not sure, you know, what that says, you know, in terms of for either the Rams or the Lions. But I love the Lions and I sure hope they keep going. I just love the Lions story. But And they have the Bucks next at home. So yeah. there is a chance they that should. they can... Come out. I mean, they're a six and a half point they favorite. Should, they should win that game. The Lions right. at home against the Bucks. The Lions should win that game. But, all right. <laughs> Cowboys Packers. <laughs> I mean, I'm. Am I surprised by it? No. Oh. But yes, at the same time. Oh. I mean, you can't get the ball to CD Lamb to save his life. Um. I mean, it just. He, I say that he had nine catches for 110 yards, but you know exactly what I'm saying. I mean, it became volume at that point. 
He didn't have a catch until it, when it mattered. Yeah, and I, the Cowboys story just writes itself. Every and so does Aaron Jones's Wikipedia page. It just every, writes itself. <laughs> yeah, I sent that to you. There was somebody edited the Wikipedia page for Aaron. Aaron Jones is the owner, a part owner of the Cowboys, which was just brilliant. But um, I will say this much, and I know, and look, Jordan Love has played well. He's played. He's playing great. Um, <laughs> R- Romeo Dobbs is still running all by himself across the center of the Cowboys field. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but I actually, I saw this statistic, Dustin, because I mean, I mean, Dobbs had at least four catches where there was no defender in the picture, right? I mean, he was just all by himself in the middle of that zone, but <laughs> the touchdown to, to Luke Musgrave, right? The, the touchdown pass. He had 17.2 yards of separation on that play. And this literally, I got this off of the write-up of the game. Musgrave was more wide open than any other receiver has been on a pass all season per the NFL Next Gen stats. <laughs> literally That's- the single most open receiver in any play in any game all year. That that gap was so big. I don't think evil evil Knievel could fly over that. I mean, it was there was nobody there. Like the cameraman was like, "Am I on the right person? Do I need to go find somebody else?" They look at one of those guys who like snuck down the sideline and stepped on the field. (laughs) It's like I don't know. One of those trick plays where you run somebody off and somebody else, like a marathon runner, where you just go. You know, yeah. sneak sneak somewhere off and then then just yeah. jump in ten miles later. I, I will say this: I, I think if Aaron Jones continues to run the ball well, the Packers are going to be really good. I think if Aaron Jones struggles or gets hurt, or they can, sh- I I believe the key to shutting down Jordan Love is to shut down Aaron Brooks or Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, yeah, yeah, that's my prediction. All right, two two more games, real quick. Chiefs and Chiefs and Dolphins. So bitter cold. Yeah, really cold. And, you know, even guys that have been football guys for 30 plus years, I mean, that hit on Mahomes to his helmet. <laughs> that was awesome. They're going, I have never, ever seen that where his helmet broke and a the helmet a broke. Good, a good chunk. Chunk, yeah came out. It wasn't like a small piece that broke off. It was a good chunk of his helmet. And the guys that know football are like, we have literally never seen this negative 27 wind chill. Um, just, and Brad Rogers did the game. He specifically bought like new heated gloves for that game. Like going into it, like he had to go get a new wardrobe. For yeah. that game, yeah, I was I was reading about. I mean, that that's probably the fourth or fifth coldest game all time in the NFL now, because I you know I was looking at some of the. You go back to the, the famous one is the Ice Bowl fifth. Okay, yeah, yeah, the the Ice Bowl. You know, with Dallas, you know, it was like the air temperature was minus sixteen, and like there was a like little, they only had metal whistles back then, and like the first play of the game, the guy blew his whistle, and the whistle stuck to his lip, and he peeled it off, and so they literally couldn't even use their whistles. In that game, um, you know, technology has changed a bit since then. But, yeah, I, I I would say this. Number one, 
the Chiefs looked like the Chiefs, right? They said the Chiefs, I don't want to say they're like an NBA team where it doesn't really matter until the playoffs start, but the Chiefs look like the Chiefs. And Rasheed and Rice the, is really stepping up too. He is. And that's another, If we, I, we're going long already, so I don't want to kill the time. The Packers young receivers have been one of the big stories of the season, right? right. Have they, as they have actually, none of them are number one receiver. I, I don't think you take any of those receivers on the Packers, put them on another team and you have a number one receiver, but you have four guys who've all matured really well. Rashi Rice has definitely done the same for the chiefs, but Nico I think you have that. And well, yeah. Okay. That's, and we'll get there. Different game. But, I think the other big, big story that that has been exposed the last five weeks of the season is that with McDaniel's offense and the Dolphins, if you throw their timing off, they're done. They're done. Yep. It, 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 if you can simply throw off the timing of the passing game and in any way slow down their run game, right? I mean – you know, because when you get Mahostert and and Achan and they're running great, they're going to be tough to beat because that's going to make the defense play the run and not the pass. But I think it's real clear that McDaniel's offense has been exposed, and maybe this is Tua being exposed. And hats off to you for calling it. He played every game this year, didn't get hurt. That was one of your predictions, yep. and he did it. But he couldn't even throw the ball this weekend. He couldn't throw the ball. No, he couldn't throw the ball, and it was cold. But Micah, our nephew, we were having a, a conversation about this, and he, he said people on social media were like, well, Tyreek should be used to this. He's from Kansas City. And Micah, who doesn't – I mean, he knows football, but not really. He's like, nobody's used to that cold. No. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter where you're from. No. People in Minnesota wouldn't be used to that kind of cold. Yeah. I mean, but, it, it was cold, but they – but going back but to what you said – The Chiefs executed their offense. Right. That's what I was going to go The Dolphins didn't. Yeah. The Chiefs – did what they had planned on doing to a T and yep. their defense has really started to step up where it yep. used to be their offense that really kind of got things going. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then I guess with short on time, we can go to that last game real quick, quick well, with the Texans and the Browns. Yep. One more game. What's your take on that game? Other than anointing CJ Stroud as the next, whatever, all, everything in the NFL. But I mean, they put a, a graphic up there the other day with, with him and Joe Montana and Tom Brady, and you're just going, <laughs> okay, man, come on. I get it. He's he's had a good year. Yeah. Um, I think the crazy thing is, is what he's doing. Like, he had Tank Dell for half the season, then Tank Dell yeah. gets hurt, and now he's got Nico Collins, who is going berserk out there. Yeah. Could yeah. you imagine if they had both of them right now, like Tank Dell's yeah. prime at the beginning or the middle of the season, and then now Nico Collins where they're at? Oh my goodness! I, I think honestly, I think it's the Tank Dell injury that's gonna be the Achilles' heel of the Texans. Um, yes. Yeah, I mean the Texans are a, are a good team. The Texans don't make it look easy ever. No. It never really looks like it's just like I was watching that Lions game, thinking to myself. When this Lions offense is going, nobody's going to stop them. When they're executing, that was impeccable. Those first three drives were like, oh, my gosh, this team is rolling and nobody's going to stop it. I never get that feeling with Houston. They make good plays. They're a good team. They're scoring. They're putting drives together. Stroud's making plays. 
But and, and let's be honest, yeah. with that game, Flacco became old Flacco, right? Flacco so went full Flacco. Yep. It, yep. You know, you can take this game with a grain of salt. The the Browns got in with Flacco. The Texans overcame Indianapolis. Yep. I mean it. But we'll get to see what the Texans and CJ Stroud can do next game, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, be look, a big game. Yeah, if they step up and beat the Ravens, that'll be fantastic, right? But Cleveland, their defense didn't play their great game, and Flacco, Flacco became the Joe Flacco that didn't start the last three years on the Jets. That's exactly. the bottom line. He yep. threw the ball up for grabs twice in a row when it couldn't happen and gave up 12 points. As Mike Falls, loyal D4 listener, said, Flacco had the pick 12, <laughs> which is which is pretty much right. But uh, Better than Nick's picks, but, you know, our, we got it. Whoa, okay. Just barely. I think he was – Just barely. I think I beat, I beat him. I don't care how many games late he joined. I still beat him in the, uh, in the D4 Bull Bash. But, all right, so – uh, give me your give me your picks for the upcoming upcoming weekend. I think I'm going to go with the the Ravens. Um, you are okay. Yeah, just because they're better defensively. Um, yep. I know they're without right. Mark Andrews, but you know yep. Lamar's Lamar. I'm going to go with the 49ers. Um, okay. Just because I think they're the better team. I'm going to go with the Lions over the Bucks. Good job for the Buccaneers to get to where they're at, but I think the Lions are just better, and it's a home game. Uh, and then I'm going to go with the Chiefs in Buffalo. Um, just mm. because I haven't been surprised by what, like you said, what Buffalo can do. So, yep. All right. I, uh, Ravens, Chiefs, Lions. What's the last game? Yeah, Niners. Niners and, uh, yeah. I, I think I'm, I'm going to go the same. I think. Yeah. I, 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 mean, I don't, I don't not see, to right now. Yeah. I don't see a lot of surprises. I, I, Yep, I think that's how we go as well. All right. We'll bring more sports next week. D4, moving on. All right, Justin, we're going to wrap this show up. Just a couple of quick closing shots because I know we've gone late. Let me, let me ask you this. Does the name Alan Bowman mean anything to you? Uh, yeah. Are you kidding me? Alan what? Bowman played quarterback at Tech. He sure did. Do you know what Alan so, Bowman is doing now? Yes, he's going to be a seventh year uh, freshman, I think, for <laughs> Oklahoma State. He's going to play for his ninth college. Do you want to know how long Alan Bowman has been playing? And I'm a taking your thunder away from you. Yeah, yeah, all right. I'm telling Please your do. story. Steal it. Alan Bowman broke his ribs when they played West Virginia at home when he played for Tech. Do you want to know where we were when that <laughs> happened? I, yes, I do. Now I do. <laughs> Me and you and the rest of the family were at uh, mom and dad's um, anniversary in California at Half Moon Bay. <laughs> <laughs> That's how long Alan Bowman has been playing college football. <laughs> All right. I figured you would know. I just wasn't sure if you'd heard he's going well. into his seventh <laughs> season of of eligibility at Oklahoma State. Uh, All right. Let me ask you another one. Does the name Luke Littler mean anything to you? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. 
<laughs> what do you got? No, I said absolutely not. I had that. Oh, absolutely there. not. Oh, nope. sorry. Okay. No. Yeah. So Luke Littler, 16 year old guy, made the World Darts Championship final over, right. I, I believe it was here in the UK. And um, uh, yeah. so <laughs> Luke Littler, guy comes out of nowhere. Number one, ice in his veins. The kid is posting on Snapchat 10 minutes before he goes out to play in the World Darts Championship final. And 16 years old, can't drink, but he will someday. And that's when he'll be in the D4 Hall of Fame. But Luke Littler, so he didn't win. And, and, and he lost to another gentleman named Luke Humphreys, uh, who's the number one in the world. Uh, and, and this is, so number one, I got Luke Littler because he, you know, he's 16 years old. He's in the World Darts Championship. And he's like posting on Snapchat minutes before he goes out to compete in the biggest match of his life. But... Even better, Luke Humphreys wins, and they gave him a, a trophy, and it was a, a new trophy that whoever runs the World Darts Championships decided to put together. And, uh, okay, so in the World Cup, right, do you know what the World Cup Championship is called? Mm-mm. It's it's called the Balloon d'Or, Right? which means golden mm. ball. Of course. Right? <laughs> Do you know what they called the championship trophy they gave to Luke uh, Luke Humphreys for winning the winning the uh, World Darts Championship? I mean, I could come up with something funny, but I'm going to just stay away from that. They called it the Balloon d'Art. <laughs> which, of course, looks like Balloon Dart, but actually means... Art ball. <laughs> oh, I thought you were like, I knew there was an apostrophe, but I thought they were doing a play on words and it was actually dart. Well, they were, except okay. that, except that it's a French term that means golden ball. But the part that means gold is the balloon d'or. <laughs> right. And so they gave him the art ball <laughs> for winning the world darts championship, which nice. Is- pretty darn d4 because somebody was drinking when they were like oh let's give him the balloon dart <laughs> instead of the they didn't give him the golden dart which i'm not sure what that would have been but uh, your accent really changed to like southern they're like a southern guy that was well, drinking <laughs> balloon dart baby that's right so that kid has been playing darts as long as alan bowman's been playing in college so <laughs> probably true <laughs> probably true and with that i think that's where we need to leave it for this week on d4 sports d4 getting it going in the 2-4 dustin any final words for the uh for the good listeners out there Nah, i think we're good no matter where you are if you're in the uk like becca mowbray the d4 bull bonanza champion or others or our lone australia listener Please come back, whoever you are or might have been. We welcome you back, or anybody in the U.S. Uh, hey, you know what? We appreciate you listening. Give us a like, give us a share, give us a review. Follow us on, uh, you know, Spotify, on Amazon, on Apple, and, uh, and give us a happy. drink to try. Give us a drink to try. Text that to us: d 4 donanddustin at gmail.com. You can send us an email. Post it on our uh, social media pages. We happily do it. Thanks very much, everybody. For 2024, just kicking it off. D4 
Four. Out. D4 Sports is brought to you by Don and Dustin. And by our sponsors, Sports and Day Drinking. Special thanks go to Trey Klein for providing the music behind D4 and all our friends and family for supporting us throughout this episode.